you, Philly. What's good? What's good? What's good? Welcome, everyone, back to another episode of Sports and Stilettos Podcast. I am your host, Breezy. I first want to apologize for the hiatus. Um, as you guys know, life happens sometimes, and your girl just needed a minute to like really reel it back in. Um, as always, please like, rate, review, and subscribe to the show on any podcasting platform that you listen to me on. Uh, for those who do not know already, you can follow me on Twitter at your host underscore breezy. Let me know what you guys think of the episode. Um, you can always um, DM me, you can tweet me, like whatever. That's probably the best place for you to reach me, if anything. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram at Sports and Stilettos Podcast on IG. So it's the off season. I hate it here. Um, I really, it, there's so many things that you can just dive into. And uh, this episode, I'm really going to dabble in a little bit of everything. Um, But the first thing, obviously, that I want to address and kind of give my thoughts on, and this is the first time that I'm actually talking about it, um, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant, um, rest in peace to Gianna Bryant and the other um, the other victims of the helicopter crash in Calabasas uh, a few days ago. Um, I grew up idolizing, like, I'm not even kidding, literally idolizing Allen Iverson and trying to replicate his game to the best of my ability because I loved playing basketball. Um, the first time that I saw Allen Iverson and Kobe Bryant out on the basketball court, it blew my mind. I, I had no idea that there was even someone who played ball like Allen Iverson. Um, obviously, Kobe has exceeded a lot of our expectations being drafted straight out of high school. Um, nobody really thought that he was going to be as great as he ended up being. Um, obviously, you guys know um, my shift in sports is really headstrong for football, but I do watch basketball here and there, and um, I loved watching Kobe play. I did. I really did. And obviously, when he came to Philadelphia, he was public enemy number one. Um, You never want to see a player have that much success over your home team. It It just wasn't okay. But you understood because of the way that he played the game, and the way that he prepared himself and and his attitude out there on the court it was it was all around amazing to watch um and kobe gave us 20 years of that 20 years and it was it was like i said it was amazing to watch it was amazing to just watch the maturation right in front of you night in and night out and hearing about his preparation techniques going to the gym three times a day during the off season or even during the regular season and I feel like a lot of people were hurt and were affected by him passing away because they were all impacted by 
the things that he did, whether we knew him personally or not, that doesn't, that's, that's not, that's not the moral of the story. When you impact someone and you identify with more than just one group of people, when you're gone, it's literally like I heard somebody say on the radio, it's literally like losing a family member. And I feel like that's how all of us feel because there are a lot of people who are still trying to wrap their head around this. And it's not, it's it's us, it's fans. It's not even, you know, I, I'm not even going to speak on the the athletes who knew Kobe personally, who knew the Bryant family personally. I'm not even going to speak on them. I'm speaking on the fans right now. And the fans feel like they lost a family member when Kobe passed away. He was a father, a husband, a hard worker. He was pretty much the definition of a man or a person that all of us wanted to mimic in some in some form or fashion. And whether you want to admit it or not, and that's up to you. It, it you know, whatever. Um, it, it's going to be really hard to find Kobe in other people. Obviously, the only person that we really compare him to now is LeBron James. And LeBron is absolutely amazing. He is. And yeah, I, 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 I don't want to get too, I don't want to get too involved in this because um, obviously you guys know as uh, as a parent and also having a little girl, this hit home for me. I don't think I could imagine sending my child off to something that she does every single day, like clockwork. Okay. You're going to a travel basketball game. Okay, you're going to practice. I can't imagine sending my baby off and then seeing on TMZ, on TV, that her and my husband and another family are gone. I can't imagine that. And it took me a little bit to really like digest exactly what happened because if you know if you guys follow me on Twitter um already you guys know how um upset I was when the reporter with ESPN or with ABC um said that all of Kobe's daughters were on that helicopter with him. I lost it. Absolutely lost it. And um, even just finding out that only Gigi was on that plane with him or on that helicopter with him really still, it strikes home An another father, mother, daughter, gone, another, another family gone. The pilot has his own family. I'm assuming he's gone. Every single person on that helicopter, their family is affected forever, forever. So make sure that you love on the people that you love. Make sure you tell the people that you love how much they mean to you. And like we, like we always say, getting home after being out all day is a blessing. 
because not everyone gets the opportunity. So please, um, when you can, say a prayer for Vanessa and the Bryant family. Say a prayer for, um, I apologize, I, I don't know the other family's name off the top of my head. Please say a prayer for everyone that has been affected by by this helicopter crash. And because it's not just Kobe Bryant's family. There are children who are now orphans because both of their parents were on that helicopter. And if you have anything insensitive to say about this situation, just go ahead and unfollow me now. Go ahead and block me now because you're probably just heartless. Okay, so we're going to switch gears a little bit. And um, I had actually I had actually started doing some research on a lot of the things that I'm going to talk about today um, a few days ago, uh, probably last week, (laughs) because like I said, life happens. Your girl had to reel it back in and really um, focus on getting this done and getting this out to you guys. But the one thing that I wanted to dabble in a little bit was the amount of drama that is in the NFL right now. And I I honestly, I find it hilarious. I find it absolutely hilarious. Antonio Brown is going off the deep end. He, like, throwing a bag of penises at police officers while they're there trying to get your son. His shenanigans are absolutely out of control. And I don't think that you can really blame it only or solely on the hard hits that he endured during his tenure within the NFL and playing games and things like that. But like there has to be, he has to have suffered from some kind of mental illness, mental disorder to come out of the NFL the way that he did. And then to just go off the rails like this. Like I watched a video, um, I'm pretty sure all of you have seen it already, but he he turned there was a arrest warrant issued for him. He turned himself in, he went to court, he posted bond, all that stuff or posted bail, I'm sorry. And as he was leaving the courthouse, he starts running. Running down the parking lot, just running. And his lawyer's like, "Antonio, the car's right here. Like you're running the wrong way." And I'm sitting there like dumbstruck because I'm like why the hell is this man running through the parking lot like for what if you knew that your your SUV or your car was parked two spots away from the bottom of the steps and you start running all the way down the parking lot there's something else that's going on here and I know he's like the poster boy for a lot of memes a lot of crazy things that we say on social media and things like that but this man really needs help he really does. And it, it it it's heartbreaking to see because the last time that I don't know, things were publicly publicly bleh, wow. Publicly um going on like this, we kind of just kind of just turned a blind eye, you know? And I hope that that doesn't happen with Antonio Brown. I hope that his lawyer and his family and the people who love him actually, uh, and I I, I do believe that the judge actually ordered a uh, mental health assessment 
for him. And that was part of the stipulation for him to be released and to have posted bail that day. So hopefully they come to a, a decent conclusion. They can get him the help that he needs based off of this assessment and 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 just get him in the right get him on the right path because you never want to see another talent like that just go up in flames you don't you really don't so I'm I'm praying for Antonio Brown I hope that he um I really hope that he gets it together and you know does what's in the best interest uh, interest of his children like this man has kids and he's wilding out like this so I really hope that he gets it together and, you know, just goes from there. The other piece of drama that lasted all of 35 seconds because it's 15 years worth of grudge holding and whatever else you want to call it. It lasted all of 15 seconds, you guys. 15 seconds. You know why? Because it's dumb. Donovan McNabb and Terrell Owens, y'all just need to squash this. You really do. Grown ass men keeping receipts the way that T.O. has kept receipts on Donovan McNabb is absolutely ridiculous and this only surfaced or resurfaced again because Andy Reid is going to the Super Bowl that's it there is nothing about this grudge that we don't already know about nothing and because someone was asked a question about what happened in Super Bowl 39 or whatever the case was, and this, that, and the third, and so-and-so broke up the Eagles, you can't break up a team. Especially not one person. I don't care how out of control they are. One person does not break the camel's back. Donovan McNabb is out here trying to be relevant again, and it is annoying. It is absolutely annoying. I am so sick of these media outlets and these reporters and whoever calling up Donovan McNabb to get his opinion on some shit that doesn't that's that's irrelevant. And this all started with Carson Wentz. Why are you speaking about our quarterback? You don't need to speak on our quarterback. We don't care about your opinion. He should have just played football, retired, and then do whatever retired football players do. Go play golf, go wine tasting, go coach a basketball or or a football team. Go, Go do that. Go be quiet in retirement. But no, we get stuck with Donovan McNabb, who is out here foaming at the mouth the second some controversy spot pops up again. And here he is giving his unwanted opinion about Philadelphia sports. And we do not care, sir. We don't. And T.O. was ready. And that's one thing that I love about T.O. Divas are always ready. You hear me? Always ready. This man kept receipts. And it just, it's it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable, in my opinion, and you don't hear anything else about it. It was a Twitter explosion for like two or three days, and then it was done. Stupid. It's absolutely stupid. So, 
I was going to talk about the Eagles a little bit, but mm, I don't feel like it. So we're just going to skip right over to this. <laughs> we're going to skip right over to, well, no, because you guys have heard all of this on the radio already. So I'm not even, I'm not even going to, not even going to dabble in that, but we're going to start talking about the Super Bowl. So as you guys know, Super Bowl Sunday is on Sunday, February the 2nd. And, um, Chiefs and Niners, I think this is going to be one of the best Super Bowls, obviously besides Super Bowl 52, that we are going to see. This Super Bowl is literally the league's best offense now that the Ravens are out and the league's best defense. Or I'm sorry, the league's best quarterback now that the Ravens are out and the league's one of the league or the league's top defense in my opinion I think this is going to be a great matchup I think this really will define Andy Reid's career you know as I, I I'm I'm pulling for Andy I really I really do want him to finally get the ring finally get over the hump you see Andy Reid coach these great teams and they get to the playoffs and they get to, you know, they're either one and done or like like the Chiefs did last year. They got all the way to the NFC champion or the AFC championship game. And then they get knocked out by the Patriots. You know, you saw what that game was like. Um against the Rams and it was 50 plus points. It was a shootout. And as, as as much as I love teams running the ball and things like that, that shootout was incredible. It really was. And I don't think that that's something that is going to happen in the Super Bowl this year because Jimmy Garoppolo really doesn't throw the ball that much. They they would rather run the ball. Um, but I think I think this is going to be a really great this is going to be a really great game. I, I honestly, I can't wait. I really can't wait. Um, so I'll give you, I'll give my picks after, obviously I talk about the game and, and, and all that stuff, but, um, this Niners defense, y'all know that I am a defensive girl. I love me a good defense. I do. This 49ers defense is insane. It's absolutely insane and they were sleepers all year every oh the Niners aren't real oh you know they're really excuse me they're really you know they're not gonna they're not gonna make it there's no way they can stay that consistent and blah 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 man they drafted Nick Bosa <laughs> do you understand that's all I have to say they drafted Nick Bosa period and he is probably one of the league's best edge rushers that I have ever seen. And this he's a he's a rookie in his rookie year. Like it's it's insane. And then you got Richard Sherman, who obviously we all know from Seattle, and he still has it. Obviously, you know, obviously you lose a step as you get older, but he still got it. And being surrounded by a very fast front seven and 
um, having the secondary that the 49ers have, that's that they have been able to stay consistent throughout the year. And I think that's going to show improve on Sunday when they come out and they face the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the best offense that this 49ers team has faced all year, probably in the last two years. And this defense is the best defense that the Chiefs has faced in probably in two years. So this is going to be this is going to be really, really interesting. Um, Obviously, the only way the 49ers win is really to limit the big plays. We all know that uh, Patrick Mahomes can chuck it when he wants to and you always have to remember where Travis Kelsey is. You always have to remember not to bite on double moves with Tyreek Hill. And, you know, they just, they just have so many weapons that it's like even being down 28 nothing, They could still come back and win that game. It's very, it seems like it's very easy for them to just turn it on. And... That's one thing that I found is very exciting about watching Kansas City is that they never, ever flinch. They never show distress. They never get nervous or anything like that. And that, to me, is a very, very, very dangerous team. Very dangerous team. And if the Niners were to win... Like I said, they win by their defense really sticking to these receivers and and doing their job for 60 minutes and just making sure that they they cover all their bases. You have two weeks, two weeks essentially to prepare for the Super Bowl. And I'm sure that they might come out a little bit flat, but you know, whatever. But I don't expect that to stick around for very long. Maybe the first series for each team, everybody comes out flat. But then again, it's Patrick Mahomes and Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think they know what flat is. So be prepared to see the ball being moved up and down that field come Sunday night. It's going to be insane. It's going to be very exciting to watch. You guys know that I love me some Jimmy Garoppolo and I... Listen, if I if I could have been down in Miami this week, down there watching, I would have made sure to get me a little picture with Mr. Jimmy Garoppolo. I would have. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do all of that because I know the fellas are probably like ill, disgusting, like, can we move on? Yes, we can. So um Yeah, so my my um my prediction. Like I said, it's going to be a very, very interesting game. Um, I'm really not sure if I'm going to do a bet on the game just yet. Well, we'll wait and see. I don't think the line has really moved since they announced who's going to be in the Super Bowl. Um, so we'll see. We'll see come like Friday or Saturday or even Sunday morning. But as much as I'm pulling for Andy Reid to win the Super Bowl on Sunday. Um, Knowing him, I don't think that he gets it done. I don't. And I'm sorry. I, you guys know that I'm rooting for him. I, I would love to see Andy Reid 
go back to Kansas City with a Lombardi trophy, but I don't think that they win. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's us, you know, us knowing Andy Reid from an Eagles fan standpoint and as an like as a Eagles coach or if it's I don't know. I really I really don't know. But I I I feel like the 49ers just get it done and I I, I do think it's going to be a close game. I don't think this is going to be anywhere near a blowout for the 49ers, but I do think that the 49ers pull out a win maybe by three or four points. It's going to be close. It's going to be exciting. And, um, you know, I, I honestly, I honestly can't wait to see it. Uh, really, really quick. I am, I'm just going to touch on a little, a little teeny tiny bit of Eagles, probably going to give you all of two minutes, um, because there's really nothing going on with the Philadelphia Eagles. I think the Bears I think the Bears, yeah, the Bears just hired our like executive or something like that as their GM yesterday. Um we finally have a DB's coach, so I'm happy about that. Um we still need an offensive coordinator, wide receiver coach and quarterback coach. I don't know what the holdup is. I really don't. The fact that we don't have an offensive coordinator and we are looking at February, it is a little disturbing to me. It is. And I've listened to the radio stations talk about all their conspiracy theories and things like that. But honestly, when you think about it, if the OC is not calling plays, what is the significance of even hiring someone outside of the organization? It's not appealing. It's not. Offensive coordinators are that's that's the first step to getting a head coaching position if they're not practicing to be a head coach what is the point and I think that's where the Eagles have hit a brick wall because nobody wants to come in and just be a a shadow to Doug Peterson and I, I I mean I don't say a shadow like it's a bad thing but like that's essentially what it is You know, Doug Peterson coaches this team very, very well, but having a quality offensive coordinator, I think that speaks more volumes to the way that this team prepares, the way that games are being called and the way the game plan actually works. Because if Doug Peterson doesn't have someone that they can, that he trusts, that he can bounce ideas off of, that he can do in-game strategies with and actually trust what they're saying I I don't I don't know that he really um that he really is putting a lot of thought into going out and actually getting an offensive coordinator I don't I mean if you if I was to accept a job and they're saying like oh you can be you can be the VP of the company's right-hand man, special assistant like Connor Barwin. And, but you're not going to get like, you're not going to get any of the perks. You're just going to stay in that position for like four years. And we may give you a raise twice in that, in that time frame. I wouldn't take that job because what is that? Te- that's not teaching me anything. That's not getting me prepared for the next step. And I feel like that's, like I said, I think that's where the Eagles are running into a little bit of a wall because nobody wants to just be a shadow. 
but you saw how beneficial a quality offensive coordinator was when we had Frank Wright in 2017. The team, if you if you look at 2017 and then let's say let's say this past year, 2019, if you look at the differences, the Eagles prepared differently. They approached the game differently when there was a quality offensive coordinator in that position. And, you know, while nobody really wants to take the job because it's just it's technically being a shadow, there is an impact on the the team itself. It's not so much, you know, just being a, um, you know, the right hand to Doug Peterson, but it's really impacting the offense and the way that they prepare and the way that they approach games when the season comes around. And I said this in my I said this in my last pod, but if Deuce Staley gets interviewed for this head or this offensive coordinator position and he declines, I don't know what the Eagles are going to do. I haven't heard any talks about who they are trying to bring in, who they have interviewed. I feel like the the Eagles have interviewed two people in the last three weeks, and all we got out of that was a DB coach. That's it. Well, I'm happy, you know. Um, he came from, I'm sorry, his name is escaping me right now, but he came from the Falcons. And the the biggest thing that I'm excited about is he's actually going to teach these DBs how to turn around. Keep your head on a swivel. I think that's probably going to be the biggest focus for him come training camp and and getting ready for the season that's something that these players really have to practice because none of them did it last year frankly for two or three years you know but um yeah I mean really quick on some of the targets um Byron Jones Chris Harris have been rumored to be targets for the Eagles at the cornerback position. I think I'm I'm a little conflicted with this one because while I would love to bring either one of those guys in and, you know, Byron Jones, I know he's a cowboy. I know we don't want ex-cowboys here, but when you're fighting for a new contract and he's in his contract year, when, I'm sorry, he's a free agent. When you're fighting for a new contract, it really doesn't matter what team you go to. You just want to play and you want to get paid. That's it. I think if Byron Jones comes here, I think he might be, you know, two or three years, however many million. Um, But I think he would benefit this. I think he would benefit the secondary. The only thing that I'm concerned about is that he only has two interceptions in his career. And he got drafted in 2015. So that's one thing that that is a little alarming but you know it's not something that isn't coachable so I think under the right system he could get that number up um but you know he he does fit in line with the Eagles and Howie Roseman wanting to go younger with this team he fits into that I believe he's only 26 or 27 so he fits the mold you know, and then you have Chris Harris from the Broncos. Chris Harris over, uh, what is he? Uh, he got drafted in 2011, 30 years old. 
he's on the older side, but he's very productive. Very productive. 20 interceptions over his career. Um, 90 pass deflections. It, it's, it, I think it's great. I, I think that if you do bring Chris Harrison, that means that either Rodney McLeod is not coming back. Um, well, no, I could be wrong. Rodney plays safety. Anyway, um, but I think there's a big of I think this the secondary gets a really big shakedown because if you bring in Chris Harris, you bring in Byron Jones, that means people that we would love to see come back do not come back, which means that Jalen Mills probably is not coming back as an eagle. And I would love to see the Green Goblin come back. I really would. I think he brings um, a type of attitude to the the secondary. But then everybody else is a young guy. You know, they they need some kind of leadership in that in that room. And I think that, you know, Chris Harris could provide that. But you really never know. You really never know. So I guess we'll wait and see. Um, like I said, there's not much really going on with the Eagles until they start signing people. And then you have the draft coming up in two months. You know, I, I would hope that they have the uh, at least the offensive coordinator position or position filled by mid-February. If they don't, I'm probably going to be a little little concerned. A little concerned. And, um, you know, you also need a, a wide receiver coach and a quarterback coach. I think that Carson Wentz should have some kind of say in who he wants to be coached by. I think that would be a plus to get his input on who he thinks would be a really great fit here. And, you know, wide receivers, I feel like you should... I mean, if there's a college coach that you could bring up or something, I feel like the younger they go at that at that position, or that, I'm sorry, that, um, yeah, that position to be filled, I think the better off the wide receivers might be. So that's always a thought. So anyway... That concludes this episode of Sports and Solitos podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at your host underscore breezy, or you can follow me on Instagram at Sports and Solitos podcast. As always, like, rate, review, and subscribe to the show on any podcast pod. Blah, wow, podcasting platform that you listen to the show. Show is available on Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. Breaker, Overcast, Radio Public, and Pocket Cast. The very the next show that I'm gonna do um, probably will be after the Super Bowl, so you guys have time. But we're gonna do a mailbag. So um, throughout the rest of the week, I'm going to be um, tweeting out different questions um, or just asking. Just you know what? Scratch that. We're gonna do a mailbag and. I want you guys to send me your questions. You can send them in the DM if you want, or you can tweet them to me and just going to go through and, and answer all your questions. I mean, they can be sports related. They can be, (laughs) I mean, I don't want them to get too personal, but you know, you can, you can ask me whatever you want. So, um, that'll be the next show, uh, after a Super Bowl recap and, uh, and we'll we'll go from there. Hopefully we see the Eagles make something uh, or make some kind of decision between now and next week. And, you know, we'll talk about that, too. 
But um, as always, peace and love. Hug your loved ones. Um, and, and stay blessed and stay safe. Peace and love, you guys. Until next time.